0: can one man break. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Woo! My goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The bats. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
1: Welcome to the week 14 fantasy flex main slate. Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. Joined as always by my dude Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? I think the Patriots just handed the ball off again.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I love that game last night. Uh, went through and all my props. Uh, you know, I had the Stevenson over rushing yards, um, so ended up uh, you know having a positive week. Uh, and then you and I both hit on some pretty big um, Prize Picks second half. Tickets. I had a four player uh I went power play and you had a five 5 pack, right? Yeah. I flexed it I, and you hit I all screenshotted
1: five. it to you. You could
2: have you could have got I in on it. I could have <laughs> added Damian Harris under <laughs> as well. I just thought he wasn't gonna play in the second half, but he came out for that one carry, right? And yeah and he tweaked his ham and he came out. So you look like a genius with that. Uh so I hit my my four pack, you hit your five pack, but I love that game. I don't know about you, but that, that was pretty fun to watch.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I had a not only did I hit that on prize picks with a dig second half over, but I also yeah. hit on a five pack uh, that we gave out on the Friday pod with that digs under was the fifth pick because I went and zero on the Sunday slate. Oh, nice. uh, so, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty big game for me in terms of uh, in terms of prize picks. So, yeah, uh, really recommend people check out those second half lines, though, because I think you know, we talk a lot about game script here and think about game script a lot in terms of DFS and just regular fantasy. And uh, I think that's the key. You know, it was just simply you know going over on the Bills passing props uh, under on the the Patriots and then under on Harris because he was hurt and uh, got lucky because he got he came in for one play and pulled his <laughs> hamstring on what could have been an even bigger run. I mean, yeah, he, he could have yeah. got that forty four and a half on that run if he doesn't I, pull up lame.
2: So, yeah, I thought that uh, was another house call. I got scared for you, but. Uh... Yeah, and the, you know, the Mac Jones line was like 30 at close, like 36 and a half passing yards. Um, It was scary taking that under, but if if you watch the first half, uh, he was not going over that.
1: Uh, Yeah, Uh, let's uh, we'll get into our main slate breakdown with our top players in each position, our DFS cheat codes, all that good stuff. As always, we'll start with a preview of the Thursday night football showdown slate. Pittsburgh, Minnesota. John, I gotta ask: You got the Vikings hat on. What does this mean exactly? Are, are we betting the Vikings? <laughs> is it just a Justin Jefferson hat? Like, what's going on here?
2: Yeah, you could call it a Justin Jefferson, Tyler Conklin, Alexander Madison hat, whatever you want. Uh, I'm just excited for this slate. So, uh, no, no real hidden meeting. Just uh, decide to wear the Vikings hat today. All right, uh, what are we doing in the captain spot? I, this is one of those slates where there are, I
1: think, a lot of options. Um, Deontay Johnson is one of my favorite players to play in DFS. And I mean, every week you look at his game logs this year, I think, I don't think he has a, a single digit game. Uh, and then obviously there's Jefferson, there's Najee Harris, who I think, you know, the Vikings have been a, a run funnel defense. They're a lot better in pass defense. And it looks like they're getting their uh, coverage linebackers back, which, you know, will help against the pass as well. The Wyans took advantage of that last week. Um, And then you have Madison on the other side, who every time Dalvin Cook is out, he seems to get 20, 25 touches at least. So, uh, I mean, out of all four of those guys, I kind of lean toward Deontay because I think it's like the pivot off Justin Jefferson on the other team. Uh, But what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options for the captain slot. You know, Deontay Johnson, I don't think you can go wrong with him. He's probably the, the go to pick here for me. Justin Jefferson can't go wrong with him. And then both running backs, you know, Madison, if Dalvin cook is out and Najee Harris, you know, great captain picks. I think the sneaky play here is to go chase play pool in the captain <laughs> slot. You know, he's been dealing with this toe injury um, and, you know, getting a little scuffle with Mike Tomlin, but um, you know, he's a big play waiting to happen. He's the kind of guy that can break a slate like this with a, you know, a deep touchdown or two touchdowns. So I think Claypool might be a little bit under the radar, so he's my sneaky captain pick. But, again, Deontay Johnson, Justin Jefferson, uh, Alexander Madison, Najee Harris, you know, we have four really good options for the captain slot uh, Thursday night. Face Claypool, yeah, he's a perplexing guy. I mean, I
1: think you look at him and and his stats aren't always eye-popping, but you watch the games and he looks good. He seems like he's playing well. It's just he seems to be the one that's being hurt the most by – you know, the decline of Roethlisberger. It's like somehow De- Deontay Johnson just always finds his way to like you know, coverage bust or something. And it's just like Quaypool just, I don't know if the defense is scheming a little more. I haven't like dove into the all 22 on that, but it just seems like he's not playing poorly at all. No. um. So yeah, that, that, that is a pretty interesting, sneaky. Uh, yeah, I, mean,
2: I would say I'm concerned. His routes run dipped down to 66%. Again, I don't know if that's maintenance because of his toe injury, but he's been consistently averaging, you know, ninety to ninety-five percent routes run. So if he gets anywhere near that, like you said, he's been looking good. It's just being out of sync with Big Ben. But either way, the stars could align this game, and he he could go off. So that's why I kind of like uh, him as a contrarian captain play here. Uh, before, so we, you know, obviously
1: we get into DFS cheat codes. That's gonna this game is gonna depend, you know, as they all do on game script. So I do have to ask, since you. Uh, you know, you do a great job writing up the Thursday night game every week. Any, any type of feel on the betting side of it, like which way you're leaning in terms of game script? Is this the a, a Steelers underdog rah-rah spot again? Is this a, a Mike Zimmer off a loss? Is this an under uh, with everyone injured? Like what, what are you leading here?
2: Uh, I'm I'm right in line with it. I had this power rated out to, to Vikings minus three and a half, but without Adam Thielen, I'm docking him a half point. So I think that the spread of minus three, Sounds about right. Um, and then, yeah, then the total, I mean, I have it, you know, 47 and a half, but um, given Thielen being out, uh, you know, I think it is going to be a little bit lower scoring. So uh, 45 sounds about right. So I'm, I'm staying away from this from a betting perspective, but I think, you know, player props have potential here with Thielen being out. Uh, be curious to see where they have a guy like KJ Osborne or Tyler Conklin. Um, but yeah, definitely have a couple uh, player props for this game. All right, so yes,
1: I just wanted to kind of, you feel that out. How about so you? Of, Did you do you have a? No, nah, I don't no. really have a feel on it because usually oh. I, these are two teams that I bet on like all year. Like I just love yeah. betting on these teams, you know, coming off something bad or like if they're an underdog, things like that. So now you just have all everything kind of lining up, but it's kind of uh, I don't really see an edge either. But I get you know that that kind of leads me back to the default of okay, Vikings at home, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson Steelers in a little bit of a trailing game script, and then and in Madison on the other side um, it's kind of a pivot off Jefferson, um, but. Uh, for DFS cheat codes, you did mention Tyler Conklin, and, and I really do like him. I, I think he uh, is a guy, you know, Pittsburgh plays a lot of zone coverage. Um, they, they tend that way. And Conklin is has been, you know, right after Jefferson and Thielen, uh, the Vikings third best pass catcher against zone. Uh, he's third in yards per route for them against zone coverage. So I,
2: I do like that, that Conklin call. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I love Tyler Conklin here. Um, You know, there's a lot of big names on this slate. He's he's the best of the rest of the bunch, um, and he's going to step up without feeling. He did last week. You know, he caught seven passes for 56 yards, and he actually uh, he caught a 13-yard touchdown. He was just out. He was, like, centimeters out. Uh, his left foot just stepped out of bounds. So he could have ended with um, eight catches for 69 yards and a touchdown, um, and I think his roster ship would be much higher. Um, but either way, I'm going to have a ton of confidence. I, I just think he goes off here. Another guy I like is uh, Ray, Ray
1: McLeod. Yep. Um, you mentioned Chase Claypool and his routes run dipping, but McLeod is also uh, kind of overtaking James Washington, um, you know, in a Steelers pecking order. I think he gives big Ben another, maybe more of like a Johnson white receiver um, because, you know, Claypool is a little different kind of player. So last week McLeod actually was second on the team in routes run uh, over Claypool, uh, he ran 69%, Claypool 66 but James Washington 44 Um, So, you know, I, that trend, you know, it's not a guarantee to continue, but we don't really have anything else to go off of but the most recent game. And uh, McLeod is uh, pretty affordable here. And he's a guy, we've seen him catch, what was it? I think he caught like eight or 10 balls or something. In one yep, of the, the it was game. Uh, week 10, nine yeah. catches
2: for 63 yards. So he right. can have these random outbursts.
1: Yeah, because he's just a, a guy, you know, close to the line of scrimmage that, uh, you know, if Deontay's covered, he can uncover quickly sometimes, or if he's not pressed at the line, um, he can get open. So, uh, like McLeod as well on the Pittsburgh side uh, in terms of the, uh, the, the cheat codes. And I think this is another one. You know, I said it for our preview of the Monday night game between the Pats and Bills, but uh, not quite as, to the same extent. But uh, inter- the, the defenses are interesting plays in this game because – uh, especially the Vikings, I think if they get, uh, you know, their linebackers, Barr and uh, Kendrick's back, you know, going against Pittsburgh in Minnesota, uh, a short week, I think uh, they may be, able to, may be able to create some havoc for that uh, that Steelers offense. And then on the other side, you know, the Vikings offense without Thielen here, without Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, Cousins isn't a big turn it over guy, but he's very conservative. Um, so you might see a low scoring game. So I can see both of the defenses. Uh, stack with the running backs coming into play as well
2: yeah so just to follow up with Ray Ray McLeod real quick um, if you do play him uh, it's pretty sneaky to just stack him with the Steelers defense I'm with you I like the defenses here but he's their punt and kick returner so if he happens to get a return touchdown you know it'll count double if you have him and the defense so I think that's that's a sneaky stack either way uh, I like both plays Um, how about D.D. Westbrook or even like Chris Herndon for a troll touchdown here yeah, uh,
1: I mean, if the showdown's you probably got to play a backup tight end. So, yep. uh, yeah, get some, get some Chris Herndon in there, some, uh, who's the Steelers, got Zach Gentry. I don't think
2: I'm going with Zach Gentry. But <laughs> without, I'm feeling it, opens up, you Yeah, know, it does. Touchdown potential, and especially in the red zone, maybe that they'll use more two tight end sets. Uh, line Conklin up in the slot. Either way, I think Herndon has a path to getting, you know, 30% routes run. He hasn't done much this year, but I think he does have a touchdown, so. Stranger things have happened. And then DD Westbrook, he's essentially going to play the KJ Osborne role, right? Um, yeah. So he has some value there, I, you know, as a low ceiling. But a state like this, I might have a couple shares of uh, Westbrook.
1: I don't think DD Westbrook has a low ceiling at all. Remember, we used to love DD Westbrook when he was like, yeah, actually getting. He, right. Yeah, he's still a good player. He just, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know why he's sunken so low, but I mean, he's got talent. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he definitely has talent. If he's going to get like, 80 90. What is Osborne usually run like about 80 percent of the time. Yes. Yeah, he's in the 70s, I think, actually. But yeah, whatever. point is yeah, if he's gonna run like two thirds, three fourths of the dropbacks, he should yeah. uh, he has some upside. All right, uh, let's get into our main slate breakdown. All right, Sean, let's start with QB. Who's your top five heading into
2: week number 14? So I have Kyler Murray, Josh Ooh. Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Justin Herbert for now. Uh, if Keenan Allen that all move Lamar over Herbert but right now I've Herbert in my top 5. Ooh, I like that Kyler number <laughs> 1. I was thinking about that. You know the the uh the Cardinals have
1: played very well against zone coverage which the Rams play on almost all their snaps. Uh they've been they've been a lot better versus zone and you know that kind of makes sense cuz uh it keeps Kyler's rushing ability in play as well. So uh like that call I have Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Tom Brady and then Lamar Jackson. So Pretty standard yeah. top five in terms of the players in it. You know the order might switch around a little. Um, you know maybe Josh Allen bucks down. I like that Kyra number one. I like Mahomes up here though because and we talked about this a few weeks ago when they played the Raiders. But the Raiders are that one team that they just going to continue to run single high against the Chiefs, and we saw what happened the first time, right? It was yeah. like everyone's yeah. running too high. The, the Raiders come in, everyone's like, oh, you know, the Raiders can maybe win this game. I think they're only like two and a half point underdogs or something like that. And the Chiefs just, what was it? 400 yards and five touchdowns. Yep. 406
2: yeah. yards and five touchdowns.
1: It's just the Raiders is going to line up and run what they run. And I know the Broncos played a little more single high than expected uh, against the Chiefs, but the Broncos also have like the scheme that initially slowed down the Chiefs to begin with. Like they were at the forefront mm-hmm. of playing those like two deep safety. So I think they were just trying to break tendency a little but. The Raiders don't have the personnel to do that. So uh, I feel good about Mahomes up there, number one. But, yeah, I like that Kyler call as well. And Tom Brady, he's like the toughest one. Like, I don't know where to put him. It's like (laughs) maybe I should just keep him number one every week. Like, I
2: don't don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't uh, made my late-week manual adjustment of just giving him three passing touchdowns now. Uh, But (laughs) this is a tougher matchup right, to yeah. be honest, against the Bills, but either I don't way, know. I
1: didn't, I didn't see the Bills pass defense at all last night, so I, <laughs> yeah, I cannot true, tell man. you like, whether it off. is or not.
2: <laughs> it was a glorified bye week. Uh, but this this could be the first time that, you know, not having Tredavious White matters. So yeah. uh, I still like Brady despite the tough matchup. So um, he's the kind of guy where I, I usually have him a bit lower than you uh, early in the week, and then I, I meet you uh, towards the top by the end of the week once, uh, you know, senses prevail. Uh, similar situation here. He'll, he'll probably be my top three for sure. Yeah.
1: It, it, it is a tough week to rank him. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, he should be in a top five. What do you think about Lamar? Just real quick. Cause I mean, um, you know, he's a guy that I, I could see ranking him anywhere from like three to like seven, but he's also just 7,900 on Fanduel. So I'm tempted to use him in cash games. He's like 500 more than, than I think Cam Newton in like, 200 more than Taysom Hill or something like that. So, I mean, what, what do you think is going wrong with him? Because over these last six games, he's got more uh, interceptions and touchdowns. He hasn't run for a score since week two. Is there
2: anything you're seeing uh, with Lamar here? No, if anything, it might just be mental. Um, and I expect him to bounce back this week. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not too worried about this matchup against the Browns that they, they played, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, and he threw four uh, picks. Think, yeah, I know. I think, you know, that was bizarre. That entire game was bizarre, actually. But I think he bounces back here, and, like you said, he has you know number one upside we we know that, and he has a high floor, so despite me ranking him six, it's not like I'm down on him. It's just all these other guys are just slightly above, but all the top six they're they're within like point two of each other. I mean, it's tight up top, so um, I still like Lamar even though he's my q b six and I think he'll bounce back after this rough two game stretch that's really a rough six game stretch. I mean, if you look at the game logs
1: he he hasn't done i mean I think his high in yardage. Oh, let me pull this up because it's it's, it's an ongoing issue.
2: Yeah, he went off against the Vikings. He had a couple picks, but in terms of fantasy, I mean, he he blew up. But yeah, just real life, he's definitely been struggling.
1: Yeah, the last six games, he hasn't thrown for more than 266 in any game. He's had multiple touchdowns in a game only once, that Vikings game. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's had multiple picks in a game three times, and he's got eight touchdowns. To ten picks and no
2: rushing touchdowns over that. Right, space. no rushing touchdowns is huge.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's it, yeah, he has some big running games, and if you look at his you know statistical output, he still is a high floor play. He still doesn't have a game uh, in the single digits in terms of fantasy points, which you can't say the same for you guys like Dak or Mahomes or somebody like that. Like on Fanduel, Lamar's lowest output is thirteen point four this year. Uh, same thing for DraftKings. So it's not as if the sky is falling in fantasy. He's still being a high floor guy, but he's not playing good football, which is odd because to start the year, I, I thought he was playing really good football, you know, as a passer. Like, and now it's just like the complete opposites. I don't know yeah. if it's just like natural for regression or, or what, or D, it seems to be the year of the scheme, right? It's like all these like elite, except Tom Brady, but all these elite quarterbacks, it's like defenses are scheming. And it's like, uh, you know, they they're having issues or their offensive scheme doesn't align with like what they want to do. Like Pete Carroll wants to run and Russell Wilson doesn't. And it just seems like a lot of quarterbacks are getting tripped up this year. So ah, it's interesting. Uh, but let's get into the DFSG codes. Uh, who do you got? Quarterback.
2: Uh, so I mean, I'll just kick it off with Justin Herbert I think he's the best value of these top guys. Now, this is all assuming that Keenan Allen uh, is cleared in time to play. He's you know, currently on the COVID list. I I believe he's vaccinated, so Hopefully he can return this week without Keenan Allen. I'm off of uh, Justin Herbert completely. Um, You know, he, Keenan Allen's his man. So, uh, you know, I'm going to want as much Herbert as possible at this price. Uh, He's been rolling of late, you know, uh, back-to-back games of 300 plus passing yards and two or more touchdowns. And, um, you know, I I believe he only ran for six yards, but he's flashed that rushing upside. So um, he has a really high ceiling. I, I think he's still a high floor player as well. So, Love him at that price. Um, even if, you know, the Giants have to start Jake Fromm, I think Herbert will still go off here. Um, and then Taysom Hill at 5,600. you got to be crazy to pass him up at this price. Uh, if anything, the finger injury would just make him run more, uh, which is we—that's what we want with Taysom Hill. Uh, so love his ceiling at 5,600. Uh, and then if you're feeling really dangerous, you can go with Cam Newton at 5,400. It's a great matchup against the Falcons, although he has that in-game benching downside. Uh, so he's GPP only. I wouldn't use him in cash. Uh, but, you know, uh, who knows how this offense is going to look without Joe Brady. Uh, but either way, he's probably going to run it a ton here. Uh, still love his ceiling uh, at 5,400. Yeah, let's talk about Cam and, and Taysom. I have two questions. One, yeah.
1: which one do you have rate ranked higher? And two, would you use Taysom Hill and cash?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I would use Taysom Hill and cash you know, the finger injury does concern me if, you know, they, I don't think they'll get behind against the jets, but if he has an in-game setback, um, you know, that's a concern for cash games. Um, but, uh, you know, I haven't ranked above Cam Newton. I think he's clearly the better play. Uh, whereas I just mentioned Cam Newton already got benched a couple of games ago. So who knows uh, what's going on there? I I don't think I would trust Cam and cash. I, I think at price, I'd prefer Taysom Hill. How about you?
1: Yeah, I, I almost kind of look at both of them as, like, risky. And so I, I, I was kind of thinking maybe I if I was going to play Taysom, I just figured, hey, like, is he actually, like, he seems less risky than Cam, but he actually might be more risky because <laughs> he threw four picks and has a messed up finger. And we've seen that kind of affect Russell Wilson. And, yeah. you know, he already lost the starting job to one pocket passer. So it's like, would he just get, would they just pull him? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think we have to kind of watch the practice reports. if. If, if Taysom's taking all the first team reps and there's like you know no split yeah. or anything like that, then I think I'd feel better about it. Um, And but same thing in Carolina, like if Cam's taking all the first team reps, uh, I think you're gonna feel because they're coming off a bye too. So yeah. Um, but you're facing the Jets if you're Taysom. They are 32nd, dead last and pass defense DVOA, uh, whereas the Falcons. Where are the Falcons now? They're, they they got to be pretty bad. So, be yeah, they're 29th. Yeah. yeah, 29th. <laughs> they're they're down there. They're somewhere. Uh so you know it's I, I don't know. I don't know if I see a difference in risk level is actually what I'm saying. Just because Cam is is healthy, just you know, not a great but passer.
2: At the end of the day, they're <laughs> they're both risky.
1: Yeah, right. Uh yeah, so. but both also I think uh I think I have Taysom quarterback eight and Cam quarterback ten. So you know, yep. If you're if you're streaming, if they're available, if whatever, I wouldn't I don't think you can hesitate, but yeah, that was kind of my conundrum with just kind of cash games and, and which one of those. Cause I think it it might have to be one of those two guys because we gotta We don't have quite as much value at at some of these other positions uh, this week. So you might have to go a little cheaper. And, and, you know, Tom Brady, a little bit of a tougher matchup, as you said. So I don't know if I want to kind of.
2: Yeah, I mean, as you alluded to, uh, we'll have a better idea by the end of the week. uh, I hope just based on practice reports and things like that. So it's it's a bit early, but, you know, hopefully we'll be more confident these guys uh, floor in the, you know, later in the week.
1: Yeah, Uh, the only other guy I'll mention is Dak Prescott. He's at uh, he's sixty seven hundred, mm-hmm. and he might just kind of be the marrying of like the best of both worlds. Like he's not super expensive, uh, but he's got a great matchup. Washington is bottom three in pass defense, DVOA, and Dak should have Gallup, Cooper, and Lamb all healthy. And, and Cooper, he was healthy supposedly last week on Thursday. He played, but he only ran a route on fifty percent of the dropback. So. Uh, we should get a Cooper closer to full health here. And, and that's big against this defense with no sweat and no uh, chase young. You know, I know they've been playing a little better as of late, but it's still a pretty uh, bad pass defense that won't be able to get a ton of pressures. And uh, so I think Prescott is in line for a big game here and he just owns the, the NFC East. Our guy, Matthew Friedman wrote a piece that he's betting on the Cowboys this week. Cause I think Dak is something like 19 and eight against the spread against the NFC East or something like that. So uh, I'm expecting a big game
2: for, for Dak Prescott. All right, uh, let's go to our prop. Let's go with uh, Taysom Hill rushing yards <laughs> against the Jets. Let's do it. Um, I think you and I were both like 10 yards above the market. Uh, but I don't know about you. I didn't actually pull the trigger on his player prop. And, you know, I regret it. I thought that, you know, the foot injury uh, might set him back a bit. So either way, I think the market might uh, be underrating him again this week. I am at 50 and a half yards and that seems low. Uh, are you over or under that? I'm actually under, I'm at uh, 48. Oh, wow. Yeah. So oh, oh, last cut week. Cut by a yard now. <laughs> yeah. But I mean,
1: Hey, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. As you would say, a yard I is thought, a huge I thing thought in this
2: be, uh, Yeah. I thought you were going to be closer to like 55 to be honest.
1: Yeah. I, uh, so <laughs> last week uh, the market had it at about 42 and a half or uh, something like that. I had it at 64. So that was like a, you know, I don't bet a lot of overs, but I'm sure people, if you follow me in the action app at Chris Raybon, uh, you saw that come through uh, prior to the game, and uh, one of my rare over prop oh. bets. But uh, this week I loaded a little bit. Um, I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm still not sure about the foot injury. Um, you know, just kind of, I, I don't know if, like against the uh the cowboys like it was kind of like they got behind and they fit they had to do something and it was like all right we have to do something here nothing's working for us let's just unleash hill but now you might have camara back you might never fall behind the jets uh you know it's just i'm going a little more conservative here so i'm still six yards above where the market opened or closed last week so um, yeah, but I, I'm kind of in line with yours as well, but yeah, it's, uh, I think somewhere in the high forties, low fifties is, is the true median. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'd probably stay away from that line. If you, if you gave it to me at 50, just cause there's also, again, like, like we talked about the risk for an injury setback, a benching, something like that. So, um, but, uh, he's my quarterback eight right now. So it's, it's tough, because it's like, yeah. I'm saying all this and at the same time, I still, it's just, he's just got so like this week, you know, there's. There's not a lot of quarterbacks who are in like the pocket passers aren't in great matchups necessarily. So, I mean, Taysom he's kind of got that edge with that rushing ability. Even if he's he only got him projected for you know however many passing yards, like how many passing yards actually? Let's talk <laughs> well, because we
2: got that so right last week, right. Um, we were one pass away from looking great on that. Uh, but I have it around like two fifteen. Yeah, so I have uh, a two hundred eight, two hundred eight, yeah, right around there. Yeah, that, yeah, that sounds okay. about right. All right. Uh, Let's move on to running back. Sean, your top five entering week 14. Yeah, so running back is kind of wild without uh, Jonathan Taylor. It feels dirty to rank any one of these guys number one, but I have Austin Eckler number one and he's banged up. So we'll see about that. Then I have Alexander Madison, Leonard Fournette in a tough matchup, uh, Najee Harris and Joe Mixon, who's also banged up. So uh, yours might be a lot different than that. Who do you have?
1: Actually not as different as you'd think. Oh, uh, oh. I have Eckler number one, uh, you know, just he's getting 70% of the carries yeah. and running around and 60% of the dropbacks. And uh, you know, without, with everyone out, I mean, he's just almost by default. I do have Madison number two, just getting such a huge workload. Yeah, um, And I even knocked his workload down a little. I expect Wangu to get a little more work on the short week, but Madison still clocks in number two. Uh, number three. And I know this guy's in the protocol. So if he's, you know, if he stays in the protocol, obviously he won't play and I'll have to remove him. But Elijah Mitchell is my number three. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. Like he's getting, <laughs> he's feeding him 25, 30 carries end up, by the way, uh, we're back to week one. The Niners have no running back anymore. Uh, Jeff Wilson's knee flared up last game and, uh, and Trey Sermon's on the IR. See, and Trenton Cannon, they're, you know, running back slash, teamer. Obviously, we saw the scary injury with him. Hope he's okay, but really, you're looking at Mitchell and Jermichael Hasty and, and Kyle Juszczyk right now. So, um, they ha- they're they going to have to bring someone off the street, but if Mitchell gets cleared, uh, I expect another 20 to 30 touches for him. Uh, Najee, number four. Again, Vikings, a little bit of a run funnel there, and I, I still have Antonio Gibson, uh, number five. Uh, Mixon, just a tough matchup uh, for him, and he's also a little banged up, so like you said, so it's I don't know where I'm at with him. Maybe I'll bump him up a, a spot or two, um, you know, but San Francisco is number three in run defense DVOA. So, you know, the Bengals kind of disappointed me against that last rank chargers defense. Uh, so I just, I don't know where we're at. And I don't know where we're at. Do we know where we're at with the Bengals O-line? Cause I know you pointed it out last 100%. week that, yeah, they were, um, you know they were going to be missing a couple of guys, and uh, I'd love the Chargers all week anyway. But that was just icing on the cake, and you correctly predicted that that line was going to close at two and a half if those guys got ruled out. Um, how do how are they looking to start the week? Do we know? I, mean, I, think, I think Tuesday, well,
2: but it, it seems like they barely missed uh, being okay. ruled active. So I, I would assume they return. Really, it's about Riley reef, right? You know, uh, Trey Hopkins isn't you know a really good center, but just anytime you have multiple offensive linemen miss uh you know it's a cluster injury and i, I don't know if that was the, the reason the bengals lost but I, I would assume they have all five uh available this week yeah i mean Joe mixon was part of the reason the bengals oh lost. well yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that too the scoop and the score yeah that uh him and jamar chase the two chase best offensive dropped, players <laughs> yeah
2: jamar chase dropped that what yard touchdown and it, yeah. into, and it turned in interception uh as somebody who had chargers plus 3 uh, i love that play yeah. Um, but yeah, so w- when it comes to Antonio Gibson, he will be in my top five again this week. If JD McKissick, uh, you know, ends up missing a second game, do you have McKissick returning or is that his projection with McKissick? Yeah, I have back?
1: McKissick returning. Um, I have you know, yeah. I have McKissick you know, a little bit uh docked, like maybe a few percent, like 10 percent lower right. than his normal usage, but no, I actually just have Gibson's both his carry share and his uh route share projected just kind of a four week average. Um, so it's not like it's, it's taken in that one game without McKissick, but it's also taken in three games with McKissick and including a couple where Gibson wasn't, you know, getting it. Like he was kind of splitting the work. So yep. um, he, it, again, it's just kind of a rough week for running back. So I have him there, you know, four net, I think he gets bumped a little just because I, I know the Buffalo run defense was obviously trashing into new, uh, New England, <laughs> but that, that was like a lot to do with numbers. Like I, I think the Patriots, you know, they're going to they're gonna look to exploit the Bills through the air, too, especially without Tredavious. So And in Tampa, it's not going to be cold or anything. So, um, you know, he's just a little lower for me. But if Ronald Jones, I know Jones had an illness. If he's ruled out, I think then it's kind of a similar situation to, to Gibson where um, Fournette probably picks up a little bit of extra work and he might end up in my top five. Uh, just a little concerned about Mixon until I see – the Bengals, uh, you know, back to full health because it's, it yeah. is a tough matchup. Like, the last thing I want is, like, a banged-up Mixon running into
2: a wall. <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. <laughs> that's but, my, like, number two R- RB2 or something. On the yeah, week. <laughs> um, but, but like I said last week, when, if I remove McKissick uh, from my model, I mean, Gibson just goes through the roof. So, I think if, if McKissick is ruled out, I think uh, Gibson is actually my RB1 overall. Um, so, that's, that's how wild this week. Yeah, like, if, if I remove McKissick, Uh, all because I'm projecting about 100%. You said you were kind of like giving him 70%, but I'm giving him 100%. And Gibson's my RB6. But if I remove him, Gibson's like almost tied with Eckler at number one, which is insane.
1: Yeah. They, uh, I always like to watch the telecast and like sometimes they give you little nuggets in the, in the, because they, you know, have the production meetings. And I believe it was Lewis Riddick. So, yeah, Lewis Riddick, I think, mentioned that one of the things Washington wanted to do was like really commit to the run and, uh, and, and and use Antonio Gibson more than they have like pre-buy. So I think at least rushing wise, I think the usage is going to, is going to continue. Uh, yep. And then obviously McKissick helps him as a receiver, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he still, cause even in that game, McKissick got hurt. Gibson was well on his way to like, you know, 25, 30 touches. So yep. um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind him in the top five at all. Uh, let's go to our DFS cheat codes, top plays guys you higher on than the consensus.
2: Well, we just talked about this guy for the past five minutes, but Antonio Gibson at 6K is a no brainer. Um, and that's before we even find out if McKiss- uh, McKissick is playing or not. So I'm going to have all the Gibson this week. Uh, I also like uh, Saquon Barkley at 6K. Um, you know, Jake Fromm might start, but uh, it doesn't really matter. I think he can check it down to Barkley. Um, obviously the Chargers invite the run. Barkley's been quiet of late, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he has a big game here. So I think he's sneaky at 6K. Um, And then Javante Williams at 5,900. Even if Melvin Gordon plays, he's still worth every single penny. Um, He could possibly uh, dominate the touches in the second half if the Vikings uh, or if the Broncos pull away against the Lions here. Um, So, you know, and and if Melvin Gordon's ruled out, he's going to be a no-brainer pre-square play, but uh, I like him even if Gordon suits up. Uh, and then your boy, Rex Burkhead at 4,600. Ah. I, I like him right now, even with DJ back in the lineup. He came, so D- came around. He came around. was, I was, never, uh, I was telling, uh, I, Yeah, I was anti. telling people to pick him up, and you are like, no, nah, let's, let's pick up Rashad Penny. Oh, no, no, I was not. I was, more, <laughs> I, may, I was mainly making fun of how bad the waiver wire was this week. Was all that was. But, yeah, if DJ is out, I am interested in Rex Burkhead at this price because we'll get that receiving usage. Uh, he might be another guy that we attack the under on his rushing prop. but. Uh, I would like him at 4,600 if DJ's ruled out. Uh, and then Samajay Pirine is somebody we should just monitor. He's way too cheap at 4,200 if Joe Mixon ends up getting uh, ruled out or something. Uh, that's going to shake up the slate because he's too cheap. So he's just the guy to keep in mind uh, when setting lineups. But we'll we'll know more about that situation later in the week.
1: Yeah, let's talk about Saquon a minute because I, I kind of like him too, but I'm like... I might be overrating this Chargers' terrible run defense because if the Giants start Jake Fromm, it's again, like the running game is all numbers, right? So it's like, if the Giants start Jake Fromm, you're getting an 11 man box essentially because like yeah. the Giants also have no receivers. Well, so, though, that's
2: what I'm going to say. They need, they need like one or all three of these guys, <laughs> guys to suit up because if Galladay, Shepard, Tony are all ruled out and you have, you know, Slayton's not bad, but Slayton, Ross, and Colin Johnson running out there and, hey, and don't Evan Ingram.
1: About- I forget about Farrell Cooper.
2: <laughs> yeah, Farrell Cooper. Um, <laughs> you know, then that's going to pose some problems for Barkley. But if they can get just like one or three of those guys suit up, I think it'll help out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, like, like you said, I, I don't think Barkley's a smash play here, but just a sneaky GPP play.
1: Yeah, because the Chargers are also number seven in – DVOA on passes to running back. So I could see this going wrong. Like I, I like Barkley was a guy who like caught my attention early. And the more I thought about it, I was like, Oh, Jesus, this is going <laughs> to be dangerous. Yeah. Like I'm kind of hoping if we get, if we get Jones or Glennon back, I think that would be a, a, a little better. And yet, like yeah. you said, at least probably two of those receivers. Uh, one guy that you didn't mention that I really like this week is Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's 6,200 and you have no Kenyon Drake now. So and this is not John Gruden, who loved Peyton Barber for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> this is Rich Passaccia, who made Peyton Barber a healthy scratch, you know, pretty much as much any week that he had his other three guys healthy. So I think Josh Jacobs is actually in for a huge workload here. And every week, it seems like we, you kind of bring up his, his pass game usage, and it keeps, it keeps going up. Like last week, it was nine catches on Unreal. nine targets for yeah. 38 yards. And you look at Jacob's fantasy production and it's been pretty consistent. You know, it's, you know, coming into the year, a lot of people were down on him way too down on him, but on DraftKings, he's had one game of single digit PPR points on FanDuel, He's had two games, uh, three games in the single digit. So he's been very consistent week in week out. You're going against the chiefs run defense. That is, what is it? you're going against a chiefs run defense. That's 26. In DVOA, we saw Javante have a day, even in a, a game where the Broncos scored nine points. So I, I really like Josh Jacobs this week. Uh, I think he's he's usable in, in cash games this week, uh, just with with Drake out and the way Jacobs is being used in the past game. And Jalen yeah. Richard went on the COVID list, which mm-hmm. if he's not, you know, if he doesn't get cleared, uh, or even if he just misses practice all week, that's, you know, that's even probably a bigger bump for Jacobs. So... Uh, He's a guy that really stands out to me. We don't mention him a ton in terms of like, oh, he really stands out as a top play, but I think this week uh, is a really good week to play him. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, 5,900. I think he's going to get 20 carries uh, at least. The passing game usage may not be ideal. I think Amir Abdullah still will get uh, the majority of those snaps, but you have the Panthers home favorite against the Falcons team that uh, is not very good on defense. And we're back. We're back to Matt Rule. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is the new, this is going to be the new Eagles now. Like it's Matt Rule fired his offensive coordinator who he kind of brought into the, the league and gave a job when he was just 30 years old, uh, Joe Brady. And he said, you know, essentially uh, they want to run the ball at least 33 times a game. So, and they've done, we've seen him do it a couple of times and then they got away from it and then Brady got fired. So, you know, coming out of this bye, Cam Newton coming off the five for 21 or whatever it was. You're going to see a lot of Cam Newton runs, but Chuba Hubbard is their go-to running back when they want to hand it off when Christian McCaffrey is out. So uh, I really like Chuba this week uh, as a home favorite back here. And I like the back on the other side, Cordero Patterson. Uh, you know, he had a big game against the Panthers in the first meeting. And, uh, you know, Panthers can lock up on the outside. Like they have, They're coming off the bye. I think this is one of those games where – Patterson is like the only means for the Falcons of offense here. So still playing Patterson. Down his price came down a little bit
2: with the average game. So uh, I think it's time to to reinvest. Regarding uh, Hubbard, are you concerned at all about Newton kind of like capping his touch on upside and Abdullah capping his receiving upside at all?
1: I mean, yeah, but he's 5,900, and they might, he might get, like, 30 carries. So, I, you yeah. know what I mean? it's a kind of bounces
2: out there. <laughs> yeah, he, no, I, he's a great, like, leverage play because, like I said earlier, Javante Williams is 5,900. Um, I mean, Antonio Gibson is only 6K. Uh, so, you know, Hubbard's uh, roster ship is going to be really, really, really low. So, he is a good play for tournaments. Because, like you said, I mean, he's going to see the volume. Uh, could, you know, end up scoring a couple touchdowns. So, I, I do like him as a contrarian play for sure. I, I would I would play him again. Like I I
1: I just think the Panther. Over, over so, like a
2: over no. like a Gibson or play both of them even.
1: Yeah. Cause like yeah. well the thing about Javante is we don't know if Melvin Gordon is expected to practice this week. That's what I'm uh, hearing as we record this on Tuesday afternoon. So if he's back, I'm still projecting Williams to see probably two to one in terms of the pass game usage. But mm-hmm. I'm it's more it's I, I'm expecting more of like a 6040 or 55 45 split when it comes to carries, I still think Gordon will get his, you know, eight to 10 carries. So that does knock Javante down into like the, you know, the mid range, like kind of into where Chuba is. So, but, but the thing with Chuba is I just think I I see almost no way that the Carolina Panthers in this game don't run the ball 35 to 40 times. Right. And and you look at Chuba's stats in his start five starts, 13 carries 57, 24 for one Oh one, 16 for 61. Uh, 12 for 28, and then against the Falcons, 24 for 82 with a touchdown. So you know it's it, it, like if I'm getting that kind of usage, uh, even in you know before they went like full on run for all five of those, you know, there's a couple of those where they were still just in normal offense mode. Um, I, I'm gonna take it. So I think yeah, depending on what happens with Javante. Obviously, if Melvin Gordon is ruled out again, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. all like Javante might be the yeah. RB one. I mean, talk about a guy yeah. that can go to RB one. <laughs> yeah. True. I, I mean, didn't think of that against
2: Detroit. This is Detroit. Oh my God! Yeah, no, he would. The, he would probably be my RB one if Melvin Gordon is ruled out. Like that is a you know Detroit. What they're they're up to? Uh.
1: uh Wow. They're actually up to 22nd in DVOA against the run. So, you know, they're, they're hanging in there. (laughs) They're always a tough out, but uh, you know, nice under game there. Just how the Broncos like it in Detroit. Like, it'll it'll be like a, you know, 20 to 13 type of game. Javante could get like 250 total yards. It it would be, it would be great. So, yeah. But either way, I I think you do have to kind of play in cash games. You're probably playing three guys in that, like, you know, 59 to 62, whether it's like Javante Jacobs, Gibson, uh, Saquon probably more of a tournament play, but uh, Chuba, like guys like that, like in that range is probably how you're gonna have to build. Uh, yeah, Jacobs too. Lines. Like
2: I yeah. love that call, but the six k range, like six point two k to fifty nine hundred, like all of the running backs all are in like, that range, ranks. and that's why I said if Joe Mixon is you know ruled out, Samaje Piran at forty two hundred will kind of blow everything up for me, uh, because then you'll be able to afford you know, a high-end wide receiver or spend up at tight end. So, like, if Mixon ruled out, it's going to shake up the slate a ton because I I don't see any other value outside of these 6K guys. And I don't feel like spending up to get Eckler 8,300. So, I I think 6K is a sweet spot here this week.
1: Yeah, you can't really spend up. But even, you know, with three of those guys, you can't really spend too much quarterback or receiver. Yeah, Camara,
2: Chubb, Zeke, they're all super expensive. So, I'm probably off on all of them.
1: All right, let's go to wide receiver. John, who are your top five wideouts
2: entering week 14? This is usually the most fun part for me, but I think we're in agreement here. So uh, yeah. it's pretty standard this week. I have Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and Deontay Johnson. Like, how how can you go away from that?
1: Yeah, I got Cup Adams, Jefferson third, Tyreek yeah, fourth, yeah. Deontay fifth, just because Tyreek's been a little bit up and down. I expect him to have a good game against the Raiders. I, I mentioned you know, Mahomes uh, eating up that single high, maybe the Raiders change it up in matchup number two, but I mean, we can't, you can't get Justin Jefferson. I can't get uh, Justin Jefferson out of my top three with no theme. Yeah, my, this is
2: just, you can't go wrong with any of these guys. <laughs> that's a thing. Um, but you know, this is probably the first time we've had the same five. I feel like every week we have like a uh, you know, a ton of discrepancies, but uh, although we're not the same order, we have the same top five for the first time all year. That's because you, you always have Stefan Diggs in, in, in there to start the week, but uh, to start the week. But where yeah, is he this
1: week. week? I think he. I think he's the consensus five actually this week. So I'm surprised you don't have him. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, at least when I when I uh, when I you know imported my, uh, fantasy pros expert like you know Monday night last oh, night. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. Uh, he was still the fifth number five guy. So, uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree with Deontay. I mean, I say this every week. He doesn't put up single digit PPR games. <laughs> he just doesn't do it.
2: Yeah, and you know what was the biggest knock on him heading into the season? All his drops. He has two drops this year, so I just want people to remind you know remind you of that that drops aren't very sticky. So a guy that has a ton of drops the year before uh, usually bounces back, and Deontay's doing that. Although he did drop a touchdown uh, this week.
1: Yeah, but did that's the that? thing. Yeah, it, Big Ben and uh, and Deontay seem to miss like a touch a long touchdown every week, and Deontay's numbers are still what exactly. they are. So yeah, yeah but now I. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think Jefferson, I think Jefferson has got to stay in the top three. I mean, he's, he's been more consistent than Tyreek as is like, even with right. even in the lineup, even with you and hogging all those touchdowns. So, um, I mean, I'm looking forward to this, the Steelers, Viking, just a fascinating matchup for a lot of different reasons, but uh, let's go to DFS. Cheat codes, guys, uh, you like guys, you're, you're playing in fantasy. You guys are higher on than the consensus.
2: Uh, So I mean, T. Higgins is finally 6,400. It looks like so. I'm finally off of T. Higgins. They finally priced him above 6K. Uh, Last week was the end of a good run, but I'm finally fading him this week. Uh, Not only did he kind of like tweak his ankle at the end of the game, but Joe Burrow really messed up his. uh, I believe it was his pinky. Um, So I'm off of you know T. Higgins this week, but maybe next week they'll have him back to 5,400. And then I I like uh, Mike Williams at 6K. I think. you know, hopefully Keenan Allen can play this week. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'll be attacking this Chargers pass game. So I love the idea of stacking Herbert and Williams if Keenan Allen plays. I um, think this could be a big spot for Mike Williams against the Giants. Uh, and then Hunter Renfro, how can you go wrong with him at 6,100 against the Chiefs? Uh, I mean, he's put up eight catches and 100 plus yards in two straight. He's had seven or more receptions in five of the past six games. Uh, you know, he has one of the highest floors of all the receivers right now. And at 6,100, I just think he's a steal. Uh, and then Brashad Perryman is just a lock at uh, 3K for, uh, you know, a GPP flyer. He's operating as the Bucks' number three receiver right now. Um, and I think because he only caught one pass for five yards last week, he's going to be overlooked. But, um, you know, he has a super high ceiling as being, uh, you know, Tom Brady's number three receiver. So I love him. Uh, and then Elijah Moore at 5,900, uh, you know, we're seeing him in the middle of a rookie breakout uh with Corey Davis out for the rest of the season. Um I'm gonna be all over Elijah Moore until he goes over six K. So uh despite the tough matchup against the Saints, give me Elijah Moore at fifty nine hundred. I think that's he's too cheap at that. I went to six K range stop you. I mean why yeah. stop playing Elijah Moore? <laughs>
1: just just keep playing Elijah well, yeah, Moore. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean at seven K
2: <laughs> maybe I'll consider it, but even then.
1: Yeah, it's uh <laughs> All right. So are you, are you concerned at all about the? You mentioned the tough match. I'm assuming you're talking about uh, Marshawn Lattimore here. Uh, how concerned are you about that? I'm guessing
2: not very, not, not very, no, it's just the saints defense, um, you know, might pick off Zach Wilson or second, but that doesn't really matter uh, for Elijah Moore. I think either way they find him the ball, whether it's the passing or run game. Um, and he's just looks so good. The, I, he was one of my favorite rookie receivers heading into the season. And it took, you know, several games, this, this receiving depth chart has been crowded, but with it thinning out and Corey Davis being out, I mean, the sky's the limit with more Um and sneak preview. He's my uh, player prop we're going to discuss so we can dive in deeper yeah. on what you're projecting this week. But uh, I, I, you know, I think he's going to go off again this week.
1: Yeah. He's, he's probably going to come down to projected roster ship for me, just because I do see like a high variance outcome just because, you know, we talked earlier in the week, this could be an under game. With the Saints, yes, yeah, to have a more issues. So if more is going to be like twenty five percent, then probably not a play for me. But yeah, he's in it's like correct. respectable ranges, like maybe ten percent, then then I could I'll do it. Uh, right. For me, uh, like the guys you mentioned, uh, another guy I like Mike Evans at sixty six hundred. Uh, I feel like I say this every week now, and obviously love Godwin too. But Evans is the cheaper, and I think you're going to have some issues here covering Mike Evans, if you're Buffalo, because remember, no Davis white Buffalo doesn't have a starting corner that weighs more than 192 pounds. So that's, that's tough when you're facing Godwin, who's a, a bigger guy too. But mm-hmm. I mean, this is, we saw Buffalo get out physical in the run game by new England. Uh, now they could get out physical in the past game. We got Evans, you got Godwin, you got Gronk, you got Perriman. I mean, he's a big dude. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, maybe, I, maybe I need to put Tom Brady as my QB one again. I just thought about this. Uh, (laughs) So, but yeah, either way, like Mike Evans at 6,600 love Renfro. As you mentioned, I mean, he's, he's gotta be locked into cash games. Uh, I think this is go back to Jamar chase week at at 6,900. I mean, look at the, the tea leaves. Key Higgins banged up. Joe Mixon banged up. Yes. Joe Burrows banged up, but Niners have some corners banged up. Emmanuel Mosley is out. So uh, we could get, you know, Josh Norman and was Ambry Thomas. And, you know, this it's uh it's not looking great for the Niners' corner. even though I like the Niners in this game, i think the bengals all well, their injuries it's even it's even worse, and i just i don't know how good they are um but jamar chase sixty nine hundred uh still been pretty consistent and uh it's due for a big game i mean if he has that if he catches that seventy yard touchdown, uh we're looking at a price that's probably five hundred hours higher in salary in d f s this week, so uh, I think take advantage of that, especially with t Higgins banged up. Uh, another guy, uh, reluctantly, uh, Laquan Treadwell. I mean, ugh, it's just disgusting to say, but <laughs> he's had a couple of games of, of decent production, and he's running more routes than LaVisca Chenault for some reason. I, I don't know why, but Chenault just hasn't gotten it going this year. Marvin Jones is on a milk carton for the last you know, yep. couple of months. So Laquan Treadwell is... <laughs> The Jaguars de facto number one wide receiver here. They're going against Tennessee, which is not the toughest of matchups. You know, Tennessee's physical defense, so it's not super easy matchup. But, uh, you know, if the Jags get behind, uh, I don't think it's a tough matchup. They're 18th in DVOA against number one receivers, 25th against number two, 28th against all others, and, and 19th in pass defense DVOA overall. So it's still a below average pass defense. So I think Treadwell at 3,400, uh, a guy that should get, you know, four catches for 50 yards, you know, probably not a touchdown because mm-hmm. the Jaguars don't score touchdowns, but <laughs> uh, you know, he, he's, he's kind of a punt play here. You know, like we talked about cash games are a little tougher this week. You know, there's no other value opens up. You might have to use a guy like like Treadwell at 3,400 just to stack the rest of your lineup with, uh, with studs. Uh, Byron Pringle, 3,200. Uh, he keeps... Operating as a Chiefs number two receiver. So it's been three games now. And I I never trust Andy Reid, but over the last four games, Pringles routes run per drop back 63%, 67%, 66%, and then 75%. So he's operated as their their number two receiver for the last three games. And he's been uh, running about uh, at least two-thirds of the routes for the last four. You have a Raiders defense that relies heavily on zone. They're the most zone-heavy team in the NFL and that's where Byron Pringle uh, excels against zone coverage. He's not as good against man coverage and it seems like one of the fixes that the Chiefs made when their offense was struggling was to increase Byron Pringle's usage and make him the number two receiver at the expense of Mecole Hardman who also got demoted. Did you see he got demoted from punt return too? Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know what's going on with him. He's like a yuked or pettist or whatever. Like He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's in the doghouse. But yep. uh, either way, I mean, the great thing about being the third receiver on the Chief is you're competing against a bunch of guys that don't get targeted, like Demarcus Robinson and Josh Gordon. And <laughs> now Demarcus McCartman. Robinson
2: only gets targeted until he clears my uh, <laughs> receiving prop, and then he uh, disappears. Yeah, <laughs> bad luck on those prime props,
1: man. First quarter, I, I felt your pain. I
2: saw that. I was and like, I oh. said, like, he's not going to get another catch the rest of the way, and that's exactly what happened. But to your point.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to bet over, especially when it's the (laughs) market. I
2: love how you flip the script. (laughs) Aren't betting on overs on like really good players fun sometimes? Oh
1: man. Um, But yeah, no, uh, Byron Pringle, like I said, uh, wouldn't do it in cash. Probably still, if you had to go cheap in cash, I'd still lean Treadwell uh, over Pringle or a guy like Perriman. But there are some options here that in that super cheap main price, wide receiver range with Treadwell, Pringle, Perriman, you go up a little Josh Reynolds, although he really struggles against, Man coverage. So I'm a little worried about him against Denver um, because he really has struggled to uncover against man. So it could be a down week for him. I think I feel better about St. Brown uh, of the Detroit pass catchers uh, this week.
2: Uh, let's go to the prop. Yeah. So let's go with Elijah Moore, uh, his receiving yards this week against the Saints. Um, I have it right now at 55 and a half. Um, where are you projecting him? And does Corey Davis boost him at all or is he pretty much capped out already?
1: Uh, no, I have more around 57 and a half. So I'm a little bit higher. Uh, I have his, uh, his mean at 63, 4.9 catches. So gotcha. uh, yeah, Corey Davis definitely helps because Corey Davis, I mean, I, you know, probably didn't notice it because Corey Davis was in and out of the lineup so much, but when he was on the field, he was getting targets and he was, uh, he was producing. It's just that he struggled to stay on the field. So that does open some things up because now if you're Elijah Moore, you're competing for targets against, you know, Mims, Crowder, maybe Cole is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the tight end is a black hole. So yeah, I think Ryan
2: Griffin got hurt. So now it's um Kenny Yaboa, yeah. Yeah, oh Yaboa. Yeah. So yeah, it's getting pretty thin. So curious if, if you boosted him at all. Uh, but yeah, he he went up like six or seven yards with uh Corey Davis being rolled out. Yeah,
1: he's uh he's a he's my like wide receiver 19 to start the week. Nice. So he's probably gonna end up somewhere in that wide receiver two range for me in final rankings one way or another. Uh, Kenny Oboa, by the way, he's uh. did you, did you see his preseason game where he just went off? How did I forget that? I
2: mean, you know me, I watch every preseason game. (laughs) So Kenny Oboa
1: had a preseason game
2: against Philadelphia in. Hold on. What week was this? I'll I'll remember. Third week. The third week. Okay.
1: So yeah, five targets, four catches, 100 yards, and two touchdowns on 15 routes. On 15 routes. Uh, he caught a Hail Mary to end the game against Philadelphia, and he also caught another touchdown. So he ended with four for 102. Uh, he got a 90.7 receiving grade from PFF. Uh, for wow. That game. Okay. So uh, there, there's some sneaky. I know we're not at the tight end segment yet, but uh, there's some sneaky upside with him there.
2: Uh, yeah, hold on. Updating my projection for him as we speak. Okay, done. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, he's uh, he's no joke. I mean, it might, he might never have a game as good as that in a regular season, but uh, I, I do remember that because I was wondering all year why he they just weren't bringing him up and letting him play mm-hmm. more, uh, but he finally started playing last week. So, yeah, but the point is, yeah, Elijah Moore is competing with guys like that <laughs> for targets. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Uh, still good good news for Elijah Moore. Let's go to tight end. Uh, who are your top five?
2: Uh, so, I got Travis Kelsey, although it's very close between him and Rob Gronkowski, I have Gronk number two. Uh, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I have uh, Kelsey,
1: Kittle, Gronk, Andrews. I have Waller. Um, you know, I I have him projected. You know, obviously knocking him down a little bit for injury, and he's still above. Oh yeah, uh, Kyle Pitts. I actually have so. Hawkinson would be my tight end five if Waller is ruled out, and that's simply because. Hawkinson is the top Lions receiver in terms of yards per route run against man coverage, as we always talk about. Denver uh, plays the most man coverage in the league. I believe they're the only team. Yeah, Denver is the only team that plays man coverage on more than fifty percent of their defensive snaps. They're around sixty-one percent uh, man compared to zone. Uh, and Hawkinson has been the best Lions pass catcher against uh, man coverage. And Kyle Pitts, I, yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about him. I just think defense, it's it's without Calvin Ridley, it's just too easy for defenses to take him away, and that's why you're seeing Patterson be more effective because he can he can kind of move him around backfield, outside. You know, he's just a little harder to nail down. But Pitts, I mean, he's got one touchdown on the year. Uh, he's kind of been their de facto top receiver for almost a whole year, and he only has these two big games. And uh, so yeah, I'm a little worried about him. I'm I'm done ranking him in the top five. He also had. Thirteen yards on six targets against the Panthers in the first meeting. So yeah, I, he, I'm I'm out on Kyle Pitts this week. I mean, he's t- I think he's seventh for me, but uh, not excited about him uh, mm-hmm. in this matchup. Okay, who are your
2: top plays at
1: the tight end position DFS cheat codes? Guys, you're higher on than the consensus.
2: So for these top guys, I think Gronk at six K uh, is too good to be true. I mean, he has too much upside to pass up at this price. He you looks think? like he looks like prime Gronk. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Uh, Any benefits from no Antonio Brown uh, back-to-back games of 80 plus percent routes run. That's the key. uh, Yeah, that's the key. Um, So, you know, the underlying usage looks good. Obviously he has uh, two touchdown potential. So love him at 6K, even if his roster ship is going to be through the roof. I don't care. Uh, Dawson Knox, I think Dawson Knox is sneaky at 5K against the Buccaneers. Uh, I want to buy the dip on him after that, you know, win game last night. Uh, I think everybody's going to bounce back. Uh, from that disaster. So love getting him at 5K just as a sneaky GPP play. Um, and then, you know, I, I think you have to spend up at tight end this week. I don't really like these cheaper options, but I think Austin Hooper um, would make sense at 3,400 if David Joku, you know, can't get cleared in time due to COVID because, all you know, Harrison Bryant's also out. So Hooper uh, could be the lone healthy tight end this week for the Browns. So I, I like him at 3,400. And then, you know, really scraping at the bottom of the barrel I just loved your Brevin Jordan call last week. He didn't pan out, but I, I'm going to stick with him here at 2,500. Um, if you just want to go bargain hunting with, you know, Davis Mills back under center, this is going to be full on evaluate, evaluation mode for the Texans going forward. So I think they're going to, you know, continue to play Brevin Jordan a ton. And he looks pretty good. when If you ever see him out there, he looks solid. So uh, I like him as just a sneaky, wild GPP flyer at 2,500.
1: Yeah, Brevin Jordan, I mean, he's they got to keep looking at him. I mean, it's the Texans, yeah. so we're not too excited there. But, uh, right. yeah, you're going to have to, you know, perhaps at least to win a tournament, find hit on one of these lower-priced guys. Because, again, there's not, like, a ton of value everywhere. It's more, it's more mid-range where you're still going to have to use, like, one or two cheap guys. So it's good to have some of these guys at each position. Uh, guy I'm looking at is Gerald Everett. Speaking of buying the dip, I mean, every Bills fans are probably like, Dawson Knox, get him out of here uh seahawks fans probably feel the same way about gerald everett after the last game (laughs) but uh he's 3500 and he's going against the texans defense that is 28th in dvoa against tight ends one of the things that seattle uh identified that they wanted to do to get their offense going was to get everett more involved and against san francisco it was just a brutal matchup i mean san francisco puts the clamps on tight ends they're one of the top teams in the league at defending tight ends and i think disley and everett had like six catches for like 10 yards or something yep. like that. It was, it was not pretty, but uh, totally different kind of matchup zone coverage, Houston defense that uh, is, is not very good at defending the tight end. They'll drop that linebacker deep a lot in the Tampa too. So you can kind of get underneath that and get some catches here. And uh, like Hawkinson, as I mentioned at 5,300, I think he's a kind of a, a good middle ground. If you don't want to pay quite as high as Gronk or Kittle, I think Hawkinson should have a big game here against Denver because I think he'll be the only Lions pass catcher that's remotely open uh, in this game. Uh, And uh, and then Evan Ingram, you know, depending on what happens with the giant quarterback situation, if Jake Fromm is starting, probably not. But if they get one of the other two guys back, Ingram's 3,500. I think Freddie Kitchens is trying to get him a little more involved. He's shown some signs of life lately, and the Chargers are 23rd in DVOA against tight ends. They've been one of the worst teams against tight ends all year. Just getting exploited. Uh, except last week, I think Usoma didn't come through, but uh, he's more of a, a man coverage guy anyway. Charges plays zone, so uh, yeah, like Ingram, depending on the Giants QB situation.
2: Are
0: you are you oh, worried at all? And you
1: boa. if he Yeboah. starts. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I'm full on on you, now too. You convinced me. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch that preseason game just to see for my oh, own eyes. But I,
1: I believe it yeah. was a walk off hail mary too. <laughs> the Gi- I, <laughs> Well, I, or either that or it was a meeting with hail mary. <laughs> Let me, let me see. What you, I got because i I I vividly remember this. Like who because I don't even think I even heard of your ball, because you know it's tough to follow, you know, college because uh, we're doing all this. So it's like I don't even think yeah. I heard of the guy.
2: Never heard of him. Uh, um
1: oh yeah, it was a walk-off tie.
2: <laughs> oh, now I'm starting to remember. I'll have to go back and watch I, think those, they, but...
1: I think they it was a. they hit the Hail Mary to tie the game at 31. Wow. There's that. something, and that's how the game ended. It, it was Incredible.
2: a 31-31 tie. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, okay, so in all serious note, the, uh, with Gerald Everett, are you concerned about those two fumbles at all? Is Pete Carroll the kind of guy that will uh, not bench him but scale him back? Do that, or you Pete think Carroll, he's gonna... Pete Carroll needs to bench himself? Okay, well there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I,
1: I don't think so. I, I think okay. I think he likes Everett. I mean, the Seahawks can afford to bench their third best pass catcher. Like first and foremost, think. They can't afford it. You know, Will Disley, I think he's a decent player, but he's been hurt so much that I don't think they're comfortable playing him, you know, more than
2: it looked. I mean, I had Yeah. I had Disley under, I think it was 12 and a half receiving yards, So I was paying attention to that. And it looked like after the second fumble, Disley was out there uh, for pretty much every snap. So I'll have to look into that, but at least for that game, I think they did sort of bench Everett. Um, But yeah, going into this, what's that?
1: Ever had 67% routes run. Disley had 30%. So, I mean, that's pretty much in line with.
2: It was, yeah, it was towards the end of the game, yeah. I think, his second fumble. But just something to consider. But I'm with you. I Like, I remember seeing that same exact quote a couple weeks ago that they needed to get Everett involved. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just a fluke game. Like you said, the Niners are really good against tight ends. So, I think he does bounce back this week as well.
1: He's my tight end 15 and uh, I mean, we're talking tournament plays here. So it, you yeah, know, yeah exactly. he could have a bagel even if he's like in <laughs> favor, right? It's just yeah. the Seahawks offense. Nothing is guaranteed.
2: Exactly.
1: Uh, <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, our prop for tight ends.
2: Uh, so you mentioned you were kind of down on him earlier. So that, that helps me set the line here. But it's uh, Kyle Pitts, his receiving yards this week against the Panthers. Uh, his, his underlying usage has been great. He's ran over 90% routes run rate, The you know, the past two games. But like you said, he just hasn't been performing. That's kind of what we called heading into the season, right? Like he looks good out there, but just, he's, you know, not reaching those lofty expectations. So where are you projecting this week? And are you over under my line of 45 and a half receiving yards?
1: Oh, I'm over that. I got him, oh, okay. uh, about 54 Damn. and a half. Yeah. It's, it's for him. It's the touchdowns, right? I got him projected for only 0.24 touchdowns, oh, okay. um, and uh, yeah, I, I just think there were five tight ends at least better, you know, better better plays than him. Six if Waller uh, starts. So you know, I'm not super down on him. Tight end seven is not really <laughs> way down, but I think just looking <laughs> yeah. at that last game against the Panthers, um, who can lock up, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just kind of looking at the season at large where it's been a struggle to get in the end zone. I just think we got to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, he could always put up the big yardage game, but touchdowns is going to be hard to come by. It's like Julio Jones all over again. It's like, if you have no one else yep. to take the pressure off um, defenses are just going to kind of sit on him. And again with Patterson, yeah, defenses are paying attention to him, but he's just harder to like scheme to defend. Cause it's like, well, is it going to be an outside receiver, a slot receiver, uh, a running back on any given play? It's just, you kind of got to play, play him a little more straight up. So Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Next up here on the fantasy flex is a segment we call elite entries where Sean and I dive into the prize picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, start us off with your first prize pick elite entry for week 14.
2: So I like uh, Nick Chubb over 65 and a half rushing yards against the Ravens. Um, I think it goes without saying, you know, Nick Chubb's one of the best fear runners in all of football. So I'm projecting him for around 15, 16 carries here and easily clearing this. You know, I'm projecting closer to 80 yards. Uh, Kareem Hunt's banged up with the calf injury. So there's a chance that uh, Chubb gets 20 plus carries here. This is a, you know, an AFC North divisional late season battle. Uh, So it's going to be a run heavy one. So I, I just think he has a super high floor here. So 65 yards is way too low.
1: Yeah, I have Chubb at 77 and a half. So I do think this line is too low. For my first prize pick, a lead entry for week 14. I'm going with Josh Jacobs over 46 and a half rushing yards. He's been over this number in five of his last eight games. He faces a Chiefs defense that is 26th in run defense DVOA. No Kenyon Drake here. And uh, I have this number projected at 57 and a half. So I'm about 10 yards over this number. Josh Jacobs has been uh, a featured part of this Vegas Raiders offense. And he'll be an even bigger part with Drake out and Richard, uh on the COVID list. So he probably won't practice for much of the week. John, where are you going with your second prize pick of lead entry for week 14?
2: Uh, I'm going Saquon Barkley to go over 17 and a half receiving yards against the Chargers. This number is way too low. Um, You know, this should be a trailing game script, uh, especially if Jake Fromm is quarterback this week for the Giants, um, which could mean a lot of garbage time checkdowns to Saquon Barkley. Um, And he's, you know, he's averaged a 70% routes run rate the past couple of games. We all know how talented Barkley is, especially as a pass catcher. So 17 and a half receptions. I mean, he he could clear this with two catches. So I'm projecting closer to, you know, three, three and a half receptions for about, Uh, 26 and a half receiving yards so i think this prop is 10 yards too low yeah i have him at about
1: 24 uh, receiving Mm -hmm. yards so tougher matchup against the Chargers, but uh he should be able to clear this with a a couple catches Uh, for my second prize pick elite entry for week 14 i am going chuba hubbard over 52 and a half rushing yards he was over this number in four of his five starts in place of christian McCaffrey. the panthers just fired their offensive coordinator joe brady and matt rule stated that they want to run the ball at least 33 times per game and hopefully upwards uh, of 40 per game so i think shuba hubbard is even if he doesn't see all the usage in the past game uh and seeds work to amir abdullah there i think hubbard is going to get 20 carries and uh, I think he's going to be able to clear this number against an Atlanta Falcons run defense that is ranked 21st in DVOA. So Chuba Hubbard over 52 and a half. That's going to do it for a prize pick elite entry for week 14. As a recap, Sean is going with Nick Chubb over 65 and a half rushing yards. And Saquon Barkley, over 17 and a half receiving yards. I'm going with Josh Jacobs, over 46 and a half rushing yards. And Chuba Hubbard, over 52 and a half rushing yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on the line fast in order to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, Check out the link in our episode description and they will match your first deposit up to $100 or visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code action 10 that's a C T I O N one zero. Okay. Now back to the show. All right. Uh, let's get into our lineup building segment. Uh, we build a lineup for FanDuel and DraftKings Throw it in a tournament, uh, Kind of give you guys some ideas of how to construct your lineups as you're going through the week. Uh our draftkings lineup did pretty well last week. We had
2: like all of the guys, uh, all of the guys, all of them <laughs> in there. So Tee yeah. Higgins, I'll, Brady, yeah. Evans, and Gronk stack. I think that was uh, a Jonathan Gibson.
1: Taylor too. Yeah. Gibson.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of yeah. guys. So uh, let's keep it rolling. Let's do it.
1: Uh I think I you went first last week, right? Yes, yeah. DraftKings. I went first. So yeah, I'll start yeah. Us off here on DK. And I am going to go with, let's start it off with Hunter Renfro. Cause like, you know, even if, <laughs> even if he's got high roster ship, he's still going to have a high floor. So uh, I just, I have to keep playing these guys that have pretty much almost no single digit PPR games. And uh, there's not a lot to choose from this week at wide receiver, especially if Keenan Allen doesn't play. So starting us off with Hunter Renfro against the Chiefs.
2: Love it. Uh, then I'm going with Antonio Gibson at 6k. Uh, who even if McKissick suits up, I still love him. But if he's out, I mean, he could be my RB one. So let's go with Gibson at six K.
1: All right, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my guy Dak Prescott here at 6,700.
2: We have a mini stack going. Yeah, uh, that little
1: correlation going. Yeah, the, the Cowboys it. in a comeback game script here.
2: Yeah, the question is, which pass catcher do we stack him with? Got plenty of options. Uh Is it a Schultz game or is it a? uh it's always a lamb game. Yeah. It's,
1: I mean, I think Indeed. you can have any of the four because Cooper and Gallup are pretty, they have uh great prices, yeah, So,
2: you know, I love Gallup, but maybe we go for that upside with Cooper. Yeah. Um, let's do it. Bounce back. I like yeah, that's the, probably the lowest rostered one. Yep. That's what I'm thinking. This All is a right. GPP lineup. So we're, we're. I would not do this for cash. Uh, so yeah, let's go with Cooper for this, this tourney lineup.
1: All right. Let's go with another correlation. Let's go Byron Pringle at 3,200. <laughs> there we go.
2: <laughs> Love it.
1: Because I think, I think Treadwell will actually get some ownership uh, here. So, mm. uh, you know, uh, Pringle two 200 cheaper, uh, I think is a nice pivot.
2: Yeah. I like it. I'll, I'll do the dirty work here and I'll take a defense. Let's go with the Seahawks at 3,100 against Davis Mills. How could you pass that up? Right. Ooh, yeah. There's a lot of options at defense. Yeah, it's week. a good defense week. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: affordable. I mean, I should think. Yeah,
2: yeah. like uh, Panthers. Yeah. Um, uh Browns. Browns are a good one. Yeah, they're both cheap. Um, but yeah, it's we have more options on uh, even the Saints at uh, 3600 against the Jets. Yeah, is a good play. But I just love uh, Seahawks right in the middle range.
1: All right, I'm not stacking them with Adrian Peterson.
2: Thank God. <laughs> or Rashad Penny for that matter. Yeah, or or Rashad Penny. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> all right. Let's see here. We need another running back. We're we doing
2: on average prices. So oh yeah. So we have
1: sixty-three thirty-three average for three players.
2: So that's that sweet spot, that 6k range. Yeah. This week.
1: So let's go, let's go ahead and just and just whack and gronk.
2: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> you know, like it's we're not gonna we're No not gonna reason to get
2: cute and go with Brevin Jordan or anything here. Just nah. lock in Gronk.
1: But now you have sixty five hundred for a running back and a flex.
2: Love it. There's a ton of options at running back here. Um let's go Elijah Mitchell at sixty seven hundred. I like that call earlier. Hopefully, plays. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those things where obviously we're going to pivot if he doesn't play. That's you know we're setting this on a on a Tuesday, so um, we'll we'll leave a, a gap and then let's see if he's sixty seven hundred. If he doesn't play, you can pivot to. I guess there's nobody in that range. Um Cordero. If we have, if we, have two, if we leave two hundred on the table, you can pivot up to Cordero, uh Cordero. and then Javante's fifty nine hundred. So if you know like Melvin Gordon is ruled out again. You can pivot down. Like there, there's options in this range, but if Mitchell suits up, which I think you will, uh, I agree with you. I think he's a smash play here.
1: All right. Since we are, we have a GPP lineup here. I uh, don't necessarily need to go with a running back in the flex. And so there are a lot of options. Marquise Brown at 6,300. I like that. Cause I think his roster ship will be low, but that leaves us with nothing on the table. So I don't like cont- I usually like to leave at least a, a, a hundred on the table. Just um, you almost never see lineups win tournaments with completely using all the salary. It just mm-hmm. doesn't give you enough differentiation. So I'm not going to go Brown, not going to go Jacobs at 6,200 because we have Renfro in there. Uh, DJ Moore is intriguing at, at 6,200. Uh, Edward Delaire, not going to go him. Cause we have Pringle. So I think it's going to be t- down to like Saquon, Mike Williams, Elijah Moore, uh, and Chuba Hubbard here, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Chuba. I, I just think I just think he could get 25, 30 carries, and uh, I think he's gonna give you some leverage on Cam Newton, uh, who I think will be who get significant uh, roster ship percentage. So yeah, let's go Chuba here. But there's ton of options if you're following a similar I think, build.
2: Uh, if you want to roll a curveball here, um, we can keep Hubbard. Um, But instead of Elijah Mitchell at running back, we can use Jamar Chase in the flex. Ooh. And have 200 left over. I think I like that build better. Yeah, hold on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Because I like Jamar Chase.
2: Yeah, I just think we want to shoot for upside. So I I don't like having three running backs this week. I think it's going to be pretty common. uh, Lower ceiling. But I just love having, like you said, Chase to just blow up here. So having him in our flex, I think raises our ceiling.
1: Yeah. And I mean... you make a couple, left over. You make a couple of tweaks here, and this could easily be a cash lineup. Uh, but you have Dak Prescott at sixty-seven hundred at Washington. Antonio Gibson at six K against Dallas. Chuba Hubbard fifty-nine hundred against Atlanta. And then at receiver, you have Renfro sixty-one hundred at KC. Cooper fifty-nine hundred at Washington. And Pringle thirty-two hundred against Vegas with Gronk at tight end. At 6K against Buffalo and Jamar Chase, 6900 against the Niners, the Seahawks D 3100. Uh, I like this lineup. You got some. You got Pringle for some differentiation, and you got Chase for some upside. You got Chuba for some upside. Uh, you got Dak and Gibson, and what could be a, yep. a back and forth game.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't use Cooper or Pringle in cash, but nope. everybody else is cash viable for sure.
1: Yeah, you just kind of make some changes. Yeah, Again, you might have to use one of those cheap receivers. Maybe you go like Treadwell and a different uh, mm-hmm. receiver there, But uh, and you go a little cheaper at defense with the Browns or the Panthers. But, yep. uh, yeah, definitely a, a cash-viable lineup there. All right, let's go to FanDuel. And,
2: Sean, you can start us off there. All right. Uh, you were mentioning Lamar being super cheap there, right? Yeah, he's uh, 7,900. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with Lamar then. Just start it off. Uh, just bounce back game. Seven, yeah, he's the sixth cheapest or seventh. Yeah, so let's go with Lamar.
1: Yep, uh, okay. I'm going to go with, if we go Lamar, then I mentioned that his roster ship uh, was it was, was going to be low on DraftKings. I'm sure it'll be even lower at FanDuel because he's 7K. Marquise Brown, let's go with him. No one's thinking oh, yeah. about him. But always liable for 150 yards and two scores. Totally. DeAndre Swift for sure out again this week. Yeah, he said he's week to week. So I think he's missing at least one more. So yeah, I like Jamal Williams. That's a guy we didn't mention. Uh, I yeah. do like him in, at running back. Uh, another guy. You could probably play him in cash games if, if you need to get, you know, if you need the extra salary. Uh, he should get 20, you know, 15 to 20 touches.
2: Yeah, let's just go with Jamal Williams for now.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, I have no problem with that at all. Yeah. I mean, he's got uh, he's got some upside here. All right, Jamal Williams, 6,200. So we have an average of 6,483. I am going to roll with, uh, I'll I'll get the defense out of the way here. Uh, defense, I'm probably going to end up using in cash games, but it's also super cheap. And I don't know how high the roster ship will be because of the perception, but Kansas City is 3,700. Uh, and they've been playing really well on defense lately. They've turned things around. Uh, they have double-digit fantasy points in three of their last four 11, 7, 16, and 17 fantasy points in their last four games. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs here at just 3,700 as a more than a touchdown favorite uh, at home against the Raiders.
2: Yeah, I love that call. Um, and I'll go with a uh, receiver here. I'm going to go with, I think somebody cheaper. Um, it looks like Michael Gallup's popping like in that 6K range. So let's go with Michael Gallup at 6,100. All right. How about that uh, touchdown grab? Oh yeah! Last that, week,
1: everyone was making crazy catches in that game. That was that was. Yeah. A, I think that <laughs> interception to uh, who was it? Um, not Diggs.
2: Yeah, not Diggs.
1: Uh, uh, whatever. I can't. I can't think of him right now. But yeah, great great interception on the sidelines. Just a lot of a lot of good plays. Uh, all right, let's see. I will go with we have 72-75 average for our Fanduel lineup here. Uh, let's take the made for fan duel Mike Evans at 7,200. <laughs> yeah. Who, again, should match up with the three starting Bills' corners, none of which weighs more than 192 pounds. So uh, I think he's a great bet to get in the end zone. And Chris Godwin's coming off an even bigger game than Evans. So, uh, and so is Gronk. So uh, still not not as much of a squeaky wheel as last week when, when I did bet the over and, and cash that in the first half on his receiving yards prop. But, uh, I'm expecting him to get back in the end zone. He's been, what is it, two game, two whole games without a touchdown.
2: Wow, he's due.
1: Yeah, it's only happened one other time this year. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike Evans at
2: 7,200 to round out our receiving core. All right, I'm going to go with another running back. We could spend up right now. I think we have, what, 7,300 per player. Yep. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. I think that Javante <laughs> Williams, you know, he stands out at 6,700, but especially if Melvin Gordon's, uh, you know, ruled out again, his uh, roster ships can be through the roof, so I I do like Gibson at seventy four hundred. Um, especially you know a half PPR site, he doesn't get too much of a boost, but um, I like him more in a half PPR. All right, so we get seventy two fifty for a tight end,
1: and a flex. Uh, I'll let you go with the flex. Uh, seventy two fifty is only two hundred fifty lower than Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think we're gonna go with Travis Kelsey here. Let's not let's not even play games. You still got 7K for a flex, so plenty of that. Love it.
2: Here. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. For wide receivers, I got um, who like Mike Williams?
1: Oh my uh, goodness! Hunter I just did a Renfro. double take. Oh, wait, stop everything. Uh oh. You know who's 7K? At tight end? Are you? No, no, no. At running back. Just, just, up, just. I don't know if you're looking at the the same like Dontro
2: Hilliard is 7k oh, yeah. on Fan. Yeah. Like no, what? a guy that a guy what? that we don't want to play. Yes, I saw that.
1: <laughs> what? What?
2: How about that is uh, nuts. Mark Ingram 7200? I guess that would make sense if Camara. To- yeah, 10. I think they're just trying yeah. to
1: to protect against in case he gets ruled out. That that makes sense. <laughs> Dontrel Hilliard at 7k. Yeah, that does doesn't make not. sense.
2: That's like the only price that really sticks out right now. Now what? that you pointed it out. That's insane. Yeah.
1: I mean, imagine somebody takes him and like wins a tournament because he just gets like another 60-yard oh, run. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs>
2: NFL DFS. That's absolutely yeah. what's going to happen <laughs> this week.
1: Uh, but you got Mike Williams in there. DJ Moore is a possibility. Uh, oh, well, we used Cooper already. We used Renfro already. Uh, you got Zeke in there. We, you, know, you got Andrews. If you want to double stack with Lamar.
2: Ooh, uh, now probably not double stack with Lamar, but yeah, that's not a bad way to go. Um, I, I want to go Michael Williams, but I don't know how the uncertainty of, you know, Keenan Allen factors into this. So yeah, that's,
1: it's Turner. It's Fandle, turn- It's, it's, turn- it is,
2: it's it, Michael Williams. He's the ultimate yeah. G- GPP guy. So let's just go with him. Just want big, like big receivers or like deep ball receivers. What we want so. is Keenan Allen to suit up, but be a decoy. Which no,
1: seems... I actually don't want that because I'm, I'm going to play him in cash if he's active. So <laughs> oh, oh, well, okay. I just, well, I'm just, I just want this... Keenan Allen to take like three defenders like, away from Mike Williams, who gets you... like a coverage bust on like, I'm an EDR say... touchdown.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> that's what you want. But you said it best when it comes to setting just a showdown slate lineup or any lineup for that matter. You're just telling a story yep. for that team. So for this team specifically, I think the best case scenario is Keenan Allen suits up but he's more of a decoy and ends up with like two or three catches and Mike Williams goes off. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to have a ton of Justin Herbert. So I hope Ken Allen plays and he's very active. Uh, but yeah, I think either way, Mike Williams, he always has that massive ceiling we want in tournaments. So That's why I do like him at 6,900. Yeah.
1: Like him there. Uh, all right. So we got Lamar Jackson uh, at 7,900 at Cleveland. And then At running back, we got Gibson at 7,400 against Dallas and Jamal Williams at 6,200 at Denver. Our receivers, we got the stack with uh, Lamar, with Marquise Brown at 7K at Cleveland. Gallup, 6,100 at Washington. Mike Evans, 7,200 at home against the Bills. Travis Kelsey at 7,500 against Vegas and Mike Williams at 6,900 against the Giants with the Chiefs defense. So... Yeah, we got some correlation here. The story would be Lamar Jackson finally bounces back against an opponent he just played a couple of weeks ago. Yep. He corrects his mistakes, hits a deep ball or two to Marquise Brown. Uh, Gibson and Gallup are just part of a shootout between Washington and Dallas. The Chiefs get up big on a couple of Travis Kelsey touchdowns, force the Raiders to pass in every play and get some turnovers <laughs> with their defense. Uh, you, you already mentioned Mike Williams. Hopefully Allen uh, is a decoy. And then Mike Ow- Evans just bullies uh, an undersized Bills cornerback group and gets in the end zone after Godwin and, and Gronk kind of overshadowed him uh, a week ago. So yeah, there's, there's a story. And and, and Jamal Williams just gets 20 touches and, hold yeah. and maybe finds the end zone on a, on a, yeah,
2: just a good, a yeah. decent half PPR game <laughs> from Jamal Williams is all we're hoping for.
1: <laughs> all right. Let's uh, throw that in. And all right, there we go. Well, there we go. We got through a lot. On the pod, a lot to talk about this week. Uh, it's the last week of bye week so that's cool. Playoff's yes. starting soon, so uh, hopefully you guys are in good position here. And uh, DFS never stops, so if you're not, you can always fire up some some DFS lineups. Hopefully we gave you guys uh, something to think about and some good information uh, to construct those lineups. You guys can be sure to follow us on, on Twitter for – more of that. Sean is on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app, where you can follow all of our bets and track yours for free. Be sure to check out ActionNetwork.com for our fantasy football content, rankings, and projections, and FantasyLabs.com for our DFS content, tools, and models. Uh, Sean will have his tears out on Action Network. Uh, I'll have my big matchups breakdown on Saturday where I give uh, the cash game lineup. I'm using all the cash and GPP plays uh, I'm using for the week. And uh, we'll be back with our prop pod on Friday. So until next time, get this money.